0: Hello, welcome to episode 146 of Three Beers in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and tonight I'm with... Barry. Barry, again, we are staying at home because it's the middle of the coronavirus, but I'm very glad you could join us today for um, some movie chat, some TV chat, just to break up the monotony that is life under coronavirus.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah and it's an absolute fucking delight as always to talk to you at the end of a working week for myself.
0: Just to hear another human voice that's not the person I live with, which is nice, you know, because I <laughs> feel like it's, it's not heard anyone else's I'm voice. am
1: so glad you quickly rattled that in
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, me and Joe, just we're not talking to each other for the whole time. That's, we're trying to see if we can just ignore each other for the whole time of lockdown. It's it, its a dangerous yep. way of doing it, but we feel it could work. I mean, I mean, if
1: there's, if there's going to be anything that's going to come out of this really surely the divorce rate or the split up rate is going to be through the
0: roof, oh massive sure. absolutely massive people either really bed down and go like I'm very confident who I've got and I'm happy with life or they're going to go nah I've made a mistake I feel like it can be one or the other <laughs> I feel, I'm feeling very happy with life so I'm, I'm okay I'm feeling okay with yeah. it I'm
1: good you're I'm good
0: glad. I'm glad, <laughs> glad. Uh, are you drinking anything tonight? sadly not uh,
1: I'm I'm waiting patiently for the phone to go, hopefully it doesn't go, and then I'm off at the weekend, but no, sadly, I'm on the Pepsi Max tonight.
0: It's a shame. I am drinking, uh, what am I drinking again? It's from Brewdog, and it's called Dead Pony Club, which is one we've had many times before. It is one of their very staple, I think they call it headliners. Um, a nice session IPA, or oh, sorry, pale ale. Just, you can drink, drink it all night long. It's very nice to go down, very easy, especially on a Friday when it is a lovely Friday, which we can't go out in. Um, it's, it's a nice summer drink nice ideal, nice. For, po- I do, ideal for
1: I do like it it's one of my favourites as well one of those you'd pretty much see it in any good bar yep. when we're allowed to go back out to bars again it was in- a staple you see it everywhere yep. at least decent bars that's for sure
0: yes absolutely um, but well will address from the room first of all we're in our I think it's the third or fourth podcast we're recording on no one two three four podcasts? Well, yeah, the four yeah. podcasts we're recording under corona conditions. Um, how are you feeling regarding everything this now? Are you feeling okay? Are you doing good? Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> That's a general uh, pretty response. Much hi- pretty much the highlight of this week, which pretty much returns my life to almost some sort of normality, is the local uh, Chinese that we use opened up again and <laughs> shut down for... A brief two weeks there for some reason, yeah, yeah. and then open back up with a big plastic sheet over the counter. So they are hiding on one side, you're hiding on the other side. <laughs> so I'm like, eh, I'm happy with this. Fair and enough. I even said to my boss as well, I'm like, yeah, life is pretty much redundant to normal now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. The only difference is the roads are a bit quieter. And right. I'm pretty much up for that any day. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What
0: I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm doing alright man, it's this week been a tougher week I think um, Me and Jill had plans this week because it's our wedding anniversary coming on Sunday So we had oh. kind of plans to celebrate that and everything But that's obviously not happening now um, So a wee bit of a downer but Feeling okay, feeling okay Doing I'm luckier than a lot of people so I'm feeling okay Yeah exactly,
1: yeah. it could be worse We could be any American at this point in time Having to watch the dear leader Fucking recommend you either Get a suntan in a bed, or drink bleach. Inject, just uh, drink bleach. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean. I don't even know where our prime minister is. So God only knows where he is. But like. At least he's hiding. Yeah. Like, who'd have, have thought a <laughs> prime minister <laughs> that's hiding than a president
0: that's telling the nation to go James Jones? I
1: am. You know? Yeah, um, as, as
0: I was to think that myself. What's what's worse, having a prime minister who we can't actually find, or having a president who just tells you to do completely mad shit and half the country thinks oh, that's a good idea? <laughs> um Yeah. So I, I, don't know. if... I think we're all in shit, but it's like I feel like we're not quite as in deeper shit somehow.
1: <laughs> but, but still, know, but it's but we're still
0: not. We're not in a good place. but okay. not in as bad a place.
1: America's barely fucking went into lockdown. Yeah. And they're already talking about... Uh, like, some states are already talking about lifting the lockdown
0: to try and help the economy. They're just yeah. like, this has no good outcome no. whatsoever. No, absolutely yeah. none. Absolutely none. Um, but what we'll do, Barry, is we'll talk about some things that are on our streaming services just to make us feel a bit better and pretend like the world is normal outside. Sounds, yes. Sounds decent. Um,
1: oh, sorry, just... While the world is topsy turvy, we do need to address this.
0: How fucking good has the weather been this week? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely. It's 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 been nothing but <sighs> pissing rain for the last like three months, and then a week, the three weeks, we went to lockdown, and suddenly Scotland becomes like the fucking Algarve. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny.
1: it's like the cruel irony of living in Scotland. <laughs> oh,
0: like I was saying, I was texting our friend Stu, who's on the podcast again. I was saying, the rest the week you're supposed to come up to to, to Glasgow. And this yeah. is like, in Glasgow, we come out to a beer garden. Everything you come to Glasgow is usually miserable. But yeah, yeah. in the one week, in the, week, the year, you're going to come up, but can't come up. It is, I swear to God, like, probably one of the greatest three weeks of weather you've ever seen in Scotland, ever. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, It was that good that
1: even last weekend, me and Stacey dug out the fucking trails and had
0: breakfast outside. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's utter madness. Like, honestly, I remember, I remember, like, we're walking, me and you went out for a walk at, like, something like seven o'clock at night, and it felt like... This feels like when we were in Sydney, you know, it's like... It's like it I, know. It's, it's I
1: know, I know. I parked up the car in the driveway the night and literally was like, the back of six and it was still really hot. I was uh-huh. like, man, what the hell is
0: it <laughs> going on? <laughs> it it's the cruel, cruel nature of being living in Scotland and being Scottish that you have to deal with this. I think that's really what all that can really describe as. In fact, it's
1: it's been that warm, the, the hills of the back of us... The, it's actually had wild on it twice this <laughs> <My> week <crap. laughs> I mean obviously it would have to get to like the Australian Biblical level yeah. in order to like affect any of us yeah. but like it's like earlier on in the week it was like the right hand side of the hills and then tonight it was like the left hand side of the hills, granted they're not sure if it's getting started deliberately or right, not okay, yeah, yeah. but regardless it's like there's fucking like wild fires
0: going on. And <laughs> say again, the amount of times me and you and Jill in fact stood at football games over like January, February, March and the absolute shocking yeah. rain, snow, wind, everything. Yeah. The season's still all going on right now and it is beautiful sunshine and no one can go. It's it's it surely yeah. is one of the cruelest Scottish tricks ever ever played on upon us all. Yes. Um, but yeah, as it's lovely weather and we can't go out we've, we've all been watching stuff on TV So we'll talk about some stuff that may be worth watching on TV um, The first thing is, it's on Netflix It is a documentary, I think you've seen it um, It is called Lemmy And it is all about the motorhead and hard rock frontman You said Lemmy Kilmeister is his name, yes? Yes Yes. Um, directed by Greg Oliver, who done lots of music videos and Wes Orshocki who done a documentary called About the Damned if you know that if you know that kind of punk band About the Damned they've done a documentary on them it's on Amazon I think so it's worth maybe looking out um, this, this, I don't really, this came out in 2010 this went out for a while has it? ah so it Christ, yeah. Christ I so it has Aye, so I've only just I've only just get around to watching it now I think it only went on Netflix maybe the last sort of maybe six months but yeah it's been out for a lot apparently 2010 when it first came out so obviously main star of the show is Lemmy because he has Lemmy, um, it's got a nice selection of Talking Heads in it. You get Billy Bob Thornton back again. He was on that. Remember he was on the easy Top one we talked about like two weeks ago. Um, you've got Slash on it. Who else? Scott Ian from Anthrax, Ice T, Lars Ulrich, Joan J, Alice Cooper, Nikki Six. Pretty much anyone who's involved in a punk band or a kind of hard rock metal band for the past what thirty or forty years makes an appearance yep. somewhere in this documentary. Um, what do you think of it?
1: Like that, I've watch, I'm not gonna lie, I've watched this a few times. I don't know if I caught it when it originally came out. Right. Now that I'm looking at it, the fact that it came out in 2010, yeah. But I certainly know that I've now watched it three times. Right. Okay. That I remember. So, um, I I love it. Like I'm actually quite a Motorhead fan. i was going
0: myself. to say you are definitely so, between the two, of you're definitely the Motorhead fan. I, I can appreciate what Motorhead are and I appreciate a couple of tracks, but I'm not. I would say a huge fan of Motorhead, but you are a big fan of Motorhead.
1: Yeah, unfortunately this band eh, it's the cruel irony of life and when you see these bands who in fact you know what really any band because you know anything can happen but certainly with older bands you know you see them touring year in year out and you know you just you put it constantly on the back burner and you'll be like I will get to them eventually Mm. Eh, and then uh, life hands them a true fate, and then you miss them, and then that's it. It's like because the band's just disbanded now completely.
0: completely without Lemmy, that is no waterhead. So, oh, so, did you never see them uh, live? What's was that? Did you not see them live at any point? No, no,
1: no. I kept on putting it off.
0: Ah, oh, it's such a shame.
1: Lemmy ended up passing away, then
0: that was it. Oh, that's a shame. Like, because they, they did it pretty much constantly, didn't they? Like, absolutely, all the yeah, uh, time.
1: Every, no, every November in the Barrowlands in Glasgow you can get yeah. your bottom dollar uh, Motorhead hit one of those
0: dates in that month yeah um, yeah well, it was just, unfortunately it was one of those things you know uh, no yeah. I mean I've got a few bands like list who I did not see and I put it, off, put it off put it off and then like you said somebody dies in the band the band just go well, that's us done now we're not going to continue on and it's like oh shit I should have seen them at some point even if I saw them in their older age and they were maybe like uh-huh. half as good as they once were it's still like I'd like to see seen them you know a bit of a shame. Um, I said I'm not a big Motorhead fan. I, I appreciate what Motorhead do. I appreciate who they are, and I appreciate like you know he has sort of he has. A, I think it's Henry Rollins talks about it, it. Says they are this sort of middle ground between metal and punk.
1: Oh, absolutely. The way the way some of the biggest hits, shall we say, like the way they are played and the way they're written and stuff. They could easily get played by a punk band yeah. and you wouldn't even bat an eyelid about it. And they are. Know? It's like kind of just hard, fast pace. Right.
0: And on stage, they are only used to, I think, is guitar, bass and drum, isn't it? There's nothing much else on stage. No,
1: no. Every now and again, they would have like a fourth like, guitarist.
0: Right. And, like, a fourth member who would play guitar. guitar and right. then, that was it. All right. Um So that's, I didn't really appreciate how, how sort of like influential they were in terms of the you know, in the punk scene as well. Um in fact he wrote one of the Ramones songs as well. He wrote the R O M O N S N E S. Yeah yeah. I didn't what know that I didn't know that until that documentary so I was really impressed like really impressed by that. Um
1: I think I think what I liked about this documentary and it kinda just shines through is just everyone knows who you like He's, like, an iconic image of, like, rock and roll, heavy metal, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But he's such just a humble guy. Like, he just, you know, even in the documentary, you see him, like, he'll go to, like, the record store and all that. Yeah. And he'll be just flicking through, like, the CDs and all that. Just, like, just like an absolute normal person. It's almost, like, apart from the fact he's dressed like a rock, a rock icon, it's, like, He's just like going about his life and just living a life, I, you it, know. It's the
0: fact that it started. He's playing video games. He's he's obsessed by um like one armed bandits and um, those like quiz machines you used to get in pubs. He's like he's like totally obsessed by them and he wants to play them all the time. It did, yeah, yeah. In a way, it's nice that it take it took a rock legend and a sort of a rock, like you said, almost like can I can't always say a novelty, but it's almost like a rock sort of cliche figure and sort of brings a real humanity to him as to who he was. You know, when he's, when he's talking about his you know, his mother and how his father left him and he's talking about his kids, you know, what he's got two kids and kids, isn't it? One who he sort of deals with another one who who basically is not in his life anymore. And yeah. and he's not really had a he's never really had a wife. He's not not been married, he's never really had a real, any sort of real long term sort of yeah, with- you know, sort of relationship with a woman. So he's like sort of this almost like rock and roll nomad, he just sort of, he lives in like a wee two bedroom apartment essentially, just off the sun, just next to the, was it Whiskey A Go Go, is that the name of the, yeah, 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 yeah. just stays in a wee uh, flat there and he's got a flat full of this memorabilia and he seems, just a genuinely, he seems like a really, he seems like a guy who's almost like a rock and roll star who's not achieved success the way he behaves at times, you know, with what he's doing, but in reality he's done everything he should possibly want to do. You know, and he and he feels it does feel humbled by that, but he also you can tell he's enjoyed it, and he's not apologetic for anything that's ever happened in life. You know, he 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 has he has enjoyed his life, I think, in every in every way, shape, and form. And I think when he has passed away, that was a general vibe. Obviously, the documentary stops before this because it was made well before he passed away. He only passed away about two or three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was two
1: thousand fifteen. Yeah,
0: away so it's a wee bit after the documentary made it pass away. But I think even thinking back when he passed away, no one was sad that he died. Everyone was sad, obviously sad that he passed away, and there's no limit in the world, but. All everyone really talked about was, you know, Lemmy lived a life that you go, yeah, he, he lived his life. You know, he, he'll, he'll yeah. have no regrets in what he did. And that's what I totally got from this documentary, the idea of, like, he was a fucking roadie for Jimi Hendrix. I you know. I like, he got Jimi Hendrix I drugs. Did. He shared that's drugs with white. Jimi Hendrix. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I just love that about how he was like a roadie and then decided he didn't want to carry the cake, like the, the instruments they wanted to play them. Yeah, and he was on that, was it the band Hawkwind, that sort of like space-age rock, and basically, I don't think, from what I can tell from the documentary, I don't think the band liked him very much. I think he seemed like he was a bit wild compared to them. Like he was more into, Aye. he was sort of on a different plane compared to them. But no, as he's... Yeah, I always got the kind of
1: that he was maybe like the kind of, like, they knew that he was kind of, I don't want to say bigger than them, but I don't think he really fitted in with their whole kind of, like, hippie
0: kind of no, vibe no. kind of thing going on. I do not get that from that either. Um, but no, just generally as a documentary, I thought it was really touching at times. Just, it just brought a real humanity to the man, and just it's a really just very engaging, I think. Maybe we talked about the ZZ Top one, if you're a big fan of the band, you might not get much from it in terms of like, you know maybe a lot of the stories. But as yeah. a sort of introduction to who Lemmy is, beyond what, like myself, who I only know Lemmy as, he's Lemmy, he's the front man of Motorhead, and he's mental. Once you get deeper into that, there is a lot more to the man than just the, the caricature you see on stage. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: Which absolutely. I have liked about it. Um, out of 10, what would you give it? Uh,
1: this is a solid 8 for
0: me. I've Exactly the same, dude, 8 out of 10. Just absolutely loved it. Thought it was absolutely great. Um, yeah, just, I just...
1: I just thought it was just really well done. Yeah. You know, I just, it was like, there was no point in it that mm. I thought, oh, this is just a bit cheesy, this is a cash in or nothing. It was no. just, it's just a really well done documentary. Yeah,
0: and like you said, I didn't see it with any ulterior motive to He's not trying to, like, sort of be apologetic for his lifestyle. He's like, no, fuck, I, I enjoyed my life. I, I've enjoyed everything I'm doing. And I, and I think that says a lot. And he, and he hasn't really done anything, that was, I mean, from what I saw in the documentary, he's not done anything evil. He's not, like, done anything. He drank a lot, he a lot of drugs, but he's never been, I don't think he's never been an asshole to, to many people. You know, if he's, if he's an asshole to you, it's because you really deserve it. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I got from it. Um, but yeah, so 8 out of 10 for that one. That's Lemmy. It's on Netflix, well worth a watch. Any sort of metal fan, rock fan, I'm sure have probably seen it, but it's well worth a watch. If you're, even if you're not a fan of metal music, mm. it's, it's well worth watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, do you know the other thing I got from that? And it's, it's, I was talking to my friend about this as well. Jason Newstead from Metallica's on it at one point. <laughs> he had no chance with Metallica. He seems way too intellectual from from Metallica. You know what I mean? He just seems like it, it'd be like throwing a puppy into a sea of crocodiles. You know, he just seems like a guy who's like ah, oh, you are all you are all gonna get absolutely destroyed in that band, and they basically just destroyed that man.
1: Uh, unfortunately, 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 the original basses like
0: died. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
1: J- and Jason was the replacement, and unfortunately when you are replacing someone that has passed away you're never going to fill the shoes not oh, true but <laughs> the original relationship's not like eh, not there anymore so yeah I think it was I think it was always maybe destined to go the way it went
0: it's amazing a great, and Nusa is a great bass player as well it's a real shame that um, it like that work out but I just felt like watching it going it's all like a bunch of alpha males, and then this guy who's like it's like an alpha intellectual, you know, it's like, oof, that's that was an that, that seemed like a fucking bizarre mix, you know. Anyway, that was just a, a side note when I was watching that documentary. Um up next is a film that's out on Blu-ray. I think it's only out in on Blu-ray this week, so might not many people find it, but if you do you get a chance to find it. It's um it's called Superman Red Sun. And it's an animated film from DC Animation, which they've done a lot of DC animation recently, they're usually very, very good. Um, Directed by Sam Liu, who directed the Killing Joke version that was out recently. And also done an adaptation of Batman uh, Gotham by Gaslight, which was another one that was out quite recently. Um, Interesting cast. It's got Jason Isaacs playing Superman. uh, Amy Acker playing Lois Lane. Diedrich Bader playing Lex Luthor. And Phil Lamar is also in it as well. He's done a lot. You recognise he's done a lot of voices from Futurama and Family Guy and all that kind of stuff. So the plot of Superman Red Son have you ever read Superman Red Son by any chance the, the comic book no no I
1: haven't unfortunately yeah. I, I don't even think I've ever read a Superman comic
0: in my life Sup- Supermans are, can be quite Can be well if they're done by the right writer, can be excellent sometimes they can be a bit you know, a bit kind of dull but this this is a good version it's done by Mark Miller who's a, a Scottish writer from Campus Line if I remember rightly or Cumbernauld a yeah, anyway, Scottish guy Cumberland, um, Cumberland, I think it's Cumbernauld yeah so Mark Miller um, it's also uh, it's grown by Dave Johnson and Uh, Killian Plunkett and the basic premise is it's it's what DC call an Elseworld story so it's like the old Marvel what if so rather than just it's not really in the normal DC timeline it's just taking the idea of like what if this happened instead so it's like sort of alternate universe stories essentially and this one is based on the idea like what if rather than Superman back in the 60s landing in America and getting raised by Jonathan and Martha Kent and becoming the good old boy that we all know him to be what if he landed in Soviet Russia and like it became like sort of a tool for the, the communist party, like back in the sixties, and like sort of became under Stalin's, you know, sort of wing and became sort of like the, the ultimate weapon for the Russian military. And the idea of like what's more important, you know, is it is it kind of have we talk about with the the, the, identity, the three identical strangers thing? Is it the nature of someone that makes them who they are, or is it the nurture that makes them someone? So if, if you put some man into Soviet Russia, will he become the ultimate communist? Or does he have a soul and a heart that says that he will still be Superman regardless of where he's raised? Okay. So it's quite it's quite an interesting like sort of thesis and idea how to take it. So that's that's the basic idea of the comic. Unfortunately, the the, 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 the animation, the adaptation takes the basic premise of Superman landing in Soviet Russia, and then sort of forgets about everything else surrounding it. Which is a real shame because like, DC animation has always been more about. It does really good, ad- like, strong adaptations of the original works, and sort of just adds flesh to the story. that's on the comic book, like sort of like they do one called The Dark Knight, um, like based on The Dark Knight by Frank Miller, and it's a great adaptation of that story. This is not that. It's just it's it's it, it boils it down very simplistically, and then it just takes it takes a lot of deviations from it. And I feel like if you're going to deviate, and you're going to make something of your own. Don't call it Red Sun, you know. Because if I'm if I'm watching something called Red Sun, I'm expecting something that's like the comic book. And this is not anything like the comic book. I'm afraid it's it's sort of just by title only. And I was wondering I was wondering why I was watching this sort of wee documentaries attached to it. Like Mark Miller's not on camera at any point. And I've got a feeling maybe that's why. Maybe he was like sort of maybe pissed off at the fact that um, the the documentary t- took a lot. Away from what his original work was. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I That's the point. I was. I was because this is a comic book. Like I was in a comic books when I was really young, and then I kind of fell away from it for a lot of while. And this was one of the comic books that drew me right back into reading comic books again. this is some Kevin Kevin Smith, *Guardian Devil*. Which is a Daredevil uh, story, and also this one with the two comic books that I've read, and that sort of made me go, you know what, fuck, I think I'm getting back into comics again. And that's where I sort of kicked off the second phase of my comic book enjoyment. So I was kind of really excited to see what they could do with this and how they would put it on screen. And I was like, ah, you know what, you've kind of you've under, you've missold it as Red Sun. You've, you've kind of got a half-hour Superman story in here, but without any real elements of the Superman story that I liked in the, in the comic book. And ultimately, I kind of I lost interest in the final sort of twenty five minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And it's only an eighty four minute like oh, movie. Wow, okay. Aye, so if I'm losing yeah. interest, I am mean, losing interest for twenty five minutes, that's almost you know like a third of the movie that I'm lost interest in it for. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's a
1: shame, man. It's yeah. a real shame.
0: Give it this, the voice cast were decent. Um, Jason Isaacs played a good Russian Superman. I, I kind of liked him. Everyone else is a little bit, sort of, they're not really stand outish, but they all play their roles well, and they all bring something to them. But, but yeah, just a real, I thought, a real missed opportunity. Especially after, I mean, not after, because I thought the killing joke was kind of poorly done as well, and we try to flesh that out too much when it's a really small story. This just, it, it never really coalesced coll- in the way I wanted it to, to do it. Um, and ultimately, I felt myself a bit kind of, like, dulled by it, to be honest. So,
1: bit, bit of a shame. Uh, that's a real shot, man. Yeah. Because yeah. you had spoken even before you watched it, you were speaking quite highly
0: about it. Yeah, just because DC animation has, been, has generally been very, very good. Um, there's been some great stories I've done in the past, like there's a Batman Ninja they've done, it's on Netflix, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, the Batman Dark Knight is great, they do a Batman, I think it's Hush as well is a great one, I've not seen that one, but I heard it's very good. Um, there's a lot of stuff to that do that's really really well done and when it is done well it is great but they have sort of slipped in recent times I would say unfortunately and this was definitely very mediocre I would say is the best way to describe it so I'd give it a very solid but meh, 5 out of 10 oh, That's grim Oh well, grim, yeah. well we, can, we can definitely say that's not going to be in your top 10
1: for this year That will
0: not be my top 10 for this year, no. um,
1: this, year this year's top 10 is going to be an absolute
0: Better the last because we've had so much time to watch things. Yeah, but also it could be really poor because like a lot of stuff we are watching has been out for years and we're just sort of now getting to yeah. it. Whereas it could be like, I mean, in theory, Sonic and Bad Boys for Life could be could be one and two in our list this year.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you no, know, in fact, in, in fact, right now Invisible Man is number one. and I think it's going to stay number one right now. But everything else is sort of up for grabs right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting times Interesting times, see, hopefully, hopefully some more movies out um, Up next is a TV show that's on Amazon This is one that you recommended Um yes. should, you, I, mean, I like that you're recommending, you don't normally recommend stuff So it's nice that you're sort of getting yeah, into and yeah, recommending stuff actually, it was one of those ones I had, um, I'd actually started it uh, before we recorded
1: last week's podcast yeah. But because I had only just started it maybe two episodes in I didn't feel it was right to talk about no. it then
0: Um, but created by Nathaniel Halper and Simon Stalinkage, I think his name is. Um, The first one of those guys, Nathaniel is a writer on a TV show called Legion, if you ever watched that, it was was a kind of X-Men show, very cerebral, very crazy, very weird. Um, Some people said it was very good, I I didn't understand enough to know if it was good or bad, to be honest. That's my general takeaway from that one. And the other guy, he's apparently, this is based on his sort of like paintings and drawings, apparently, sort of, he sort of put these sort of he basically put some stuff down on wax and people sort of looked at him and then built, sort of built a story around this imagery that he created and then they put the story around this. Um, yeah. So it's an eight-episode season. I've watched six. You're sort of halfway through the final episode, so we're gonna, we've are watched enough of it to be able to judge it. And yeah, the,
1: because because every episode has got the albeit within the same unit, <sighs> within the same yeah. like town. The same kind of underlying tones. They're all very different, while also building a bigger image.
0: Yeah, that's that's where I put it. Like the plot of the film is or the plot of the show is, is: there's a town in mid mid America where there is a a lab under the ground that does sort of experiments or does something. We don't really know what it does. It does something. Yeah. But in this town, there's a lot of weirdness happens, you know, the sort of it feels like it's, it feels like the future, but not the future at times. And it's something that feels like the past. It's, it's very strange. But basically, if every episode follows the residents of the town in their own sort of unique stories. But mixed in with that, because of what you learned in one episode, that feeds into the next episode. Because you, you know someone is somebody they shouldn't be, or someone is shouldn't be there because of this, or you know something happens to that person. You know, so, so like you said, every episode in itself is a, is a microcosm, but when you take a step back from it, <coughs> Excuse me, you start to see a bigger image sort of created out of that.
1: And, and it's it's actually I don't know oh, I've never really came across this kind of like style before where it's like every almost every episode is very like slow and easy like almost like there's barely any dialogue. Yeah. in Some episodes
0: it's almost like a visual experience It's 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 it's, it's, it's a visual poem at times, you know, and that really slow, melancholic piano music that sort of filters through yeah. the whole show. Honestly, see when I was first watched the first two episodes, I was watching it just after work and I was like sort of sitting in my chair, kinda of bit kinda of dozing, and it kinda of lulls yeah. you to sleep a little bit. Oh, you know thanks. it's I didn't want it to happen, I wanted to watch it and enjoy it, but it's just sort of, it has a sort of very it's a warm, kinda of softness coming over you, then you kinda of, at times you're in and then jarred by what happened on screen, because it, it's as much as you say it, it's quite a slow show. Every now and again something happens, it sort of like it kinda of pulls you back into it, you're like, Oh shit, I didn't really expect to see that happening there. You know, so I think that's that's a sort of, that's a pull of the show. Okay, out of the, okay, here's the question, I know you haven't finished it, but out of the six episodes that you've
1: watched, do you have any, like, favourites that you would rank higher than others, because I've got my own opinions about certain episodes, I was just curious about which what your kind of favourite outstat like the ones that stand out
0: the most to yourself it's hard to talk about without spoiling something because if you, because, because the reason why I like it is because of something that happens in previous episodes that sort of feeds into it but the okay. one with the dad trying to protect his family and he buys yeah. the robot
1: Yeah,
0: I thought that was a great normal one because the guy in it Dan um, Backendal. I've seen him... He's one of the guys I see turn up in tons of stuff. Like, he's in everything. Like, tons of, like, sort of political dramas, and he always plays, like, like a dickhead or a sort of... um, a sort of party, sort of extreme guy or a guy who's sort of lobbying... A lobbyist in, like, sort of a lot of political dramas. So he's always a bit of a douchebag. And this, I think you saw a different side to him. There's a, a real kind of emotional side to this actor, and he's obviously shown that he has got a lot more range than what he's sort of always seen doing. He's obviously, he's got a career doing what he does, but I really enjoyed him in that episode. And because of some the stuff that happens in the previous three episodes before that, when you get to this one and you realise what, what what he's protecting the family from and what he's seen, it's, it, it, it makes it even more heartbreaking to me and it's sort of a really strong, strong episode. What one did you gravitate towards? The one
1: I've kind of gravitated to the most is... Uh, where are we? Uh, I'm kind cartoon between two of them, but uh, the one that's kind of pulling me the most right now is episode three, and that's the one with the teenage lovers. and the, She's got a, a bracelet thing. The stop. She's got the two bracelets, yep. and she gives the guy one, and it
0: stops time.
1: Yep. Because she wants that, like, kind of perfect moment, and I'm sure at one point. Like, you know like most people's lives we've all thought about oh wouldn't it be great if we could just stop time
0: yeah just just yeah. like freeze this moment and enjoy this one moment forever yeah absolutely I think yeah, it, yeah. and that's why like, and you sorry going in
1: oh sorry but, and then uh, and then you kind of realise like through the episode the actual harsh reality of doing that yeah that all you're doing is really you're hindering this moment yeah. and, and destroying this perfect moment
0: yeah that's why I felt like the, the, the entire show had a sort of, a bit of a Twilight Zone feel to it, like a lot of it, you know, we talked about Twilight Zone last week and it felt like a lot of that was sort of permeating through this, this is a lot, I think a lot more subtle with it, you know, it's, it's a lot slower, it's not quite as, you know, bash bash, you know, trying, trying to hit you with sort of that final punch at the end, but it's very much it felt in that kind of zone of like just trying to make you think and just trying to make you sort of... Just sort of meander along with these people and sort of and try and get the message as you watch it. And ultimately you're always watching it. Once you watch the first episode, you're not really sure where it's going. But once the second episode starts, you start to realize that there's things that permeate through each episode that are all connected. You start to sort of I think you watch it more intently, try to figure out who's gonna have a push in the next episode. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So for that, That's I that. thought I thought it was a it's an interesting watch I would say. It's I don't know if I actually got to if you hadn't recommended it, um, but I'm actually yeah, I'm glad.
1: I, I, think, I think definitely see if it wasn't getting pushed. For some strange reason, on my Amazon account, it was like it was constantly like right up there. like, like Every single time I switched it on, it was always just added, or this is recommended for you, and it was always within the first like block of like five, I think it was. I think it, because it's only eight episodes, I thought I'll, I'll just play it on and see yeah. what it's like.
0: I think because no. they made it that's why it sort of pushed more. Yeah. Yeah. The only I, thing, the only
1: thing, yeah, I'm for yeah, a treat with the next episode. Episode <laughs> 7 was the other one that's also one of my
0: favourites. Alright, cool. I'm, I'm going to watch that tonight. Um, nice. The only thing I would say was a bit of a, I felt like because it does, like at times, like you said, meander, it's very, very much like a poem and it kind of toned and washes over you. Sometimes at 50, I think most episodes are like 53 to 55 minutes long. They could have done yeah. with trimming a few of them down. Just get them down to like the 45 minute mark.
1: Absolutely, 100%. I do. There's like a couple.
0: Uh, what one is it? Uh, the one with the two boys. I felt at moments in uh, it when it could have been done with trimming it down a little bit. Yeah. I, it
1: was It was number four. The one with the two boys. Yeah, that, that one, ball. yeah. I'm trying my best not to spoil mm. it. But like the two boys in the ball, I think that one was like it. It was a really long one of just almost like a kind of Groundhog Day, yeah. Style. it was just constant, and I'm just like, "Would you
0: just get to the point already?" Yeah, you know. Um, I was yeah. So I'd do, if they could trim a few of them down, just get to the forty-five minute mark. I know it's only eight minutes, but it feels like we just tighten it all together, and make it and make it a much um, I'd probably. I'd, I'd be wanting to watch like four or five in a row, as opposed. I think I watch like three in a row one night, and that was my, that was my push to like, "Ah, I'm gonna cut off now," you know. Whereas if it's been trimmed right down. More. First, when I first started to watch the way you described it, I thought it was be like sort of a Stranger Things type thing, but it's definitely not. Yeah. It's more sort of towards the Twilight Zone end of the, of, of the spectrum. Yeah, and
1: even the, some of the kind of, of microcosm-like stories, they're very kind like, of Black yeah, Mirror-esque. definitely. It almost wouldn't be like, they wouldn't, like, fall, they wouldn't look out a place within the Black Mirror world.
0: No, definitely not. Absolutely, definitely not. Um, uh, but Out of 10 so far I'm giving it a very solid 7 Out of 10 so far
1: Okay good good.
0: Yourself what are you giving out of 10 so far? I'm going to Because I've almost finished
1: it um, Without spoiling it for yourself I'm giving it a solid 8.5 I'm, 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 I'm liking the little world It's like a futuristic stroke mm. like a 60s American yeah. kind of thing going on yeah, I'm really
0: digging it. Up. Okay, cool, cool. I'll look forward to watching the last two, hopefully tonight and maybe even tomorrow. Um, and Final thing we're going to watch, or uh, we did watch, is one that you recommended, which is on YouTube. It's a, it's a full movie on YouTube. It's released released there. Um, it's a documentary, and it's called uh-huh. the, the Planet of the Humans, um, directed by Jeff Gibbs, who was a producer on a lot of the Michael Moore documentaries, um, Fahrenheit 911, 11 Bone for Columbine, all those ones. Um, and in fact, Michael Moore is a producer on this, and this is basically Jeff Gibbs goes around trying to understand the sort of basically how the what's, what's the word the capitalist world has co-opted the green revolution and the way we all think that the green if, if you you know if you drive an electric car if you put sun things on your on your seal on your roof and all this kind of stuff and you think you're doing great for the environment ultimately. We're really not we need to actually change our mentality yeah. of what we how we exist in the world rather than just yeah. trying to find a substitute for what we were using if that's a change I think it's a fundamental change. Um so it does a really good job. It dismantles a green myth, you know, so to me it was very eye opening, you know, because i always thought people driving electric cars were doing good, but then he makes a real valid point of driving an electric car is all great, but where are you powering it from? You're getting all the power from your house, which is burning yeah. electricity, which is burning electricity it's coming from a coal powered um power plant so in order for you you're actually better at that point the amount of energy it takes to do that you're actually better just driving a diesel car yeah you know um i've
1: always been now as you know i have an electric car yes but at no point have i ever stated to anybody that this is a i've been doing this to save the planet i'm simply doing this because for me, on paper, it works out cheaper. Right, okay. Over, overall, within the yearly, kind of, or monthly budget, it works out financially cheaper for yeah. me than having a car and then constantly filling it with petrol. Like, I've had Stacey's car this week.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, I put 50 quid in it at the start of the week, and I've pretty much managed to last about just just about a week. But see if I get called out tonight, yeah. Because I work. When I come back from that, I would need to put fuel in that car. Right. Okay. And so it's like obviously I know we're living in slightly different times at the moment, but like under normal normal circumstances, I'm just about like, right. That's like fifty quid, and then I'll have to put in more uh, more money for next week, and yeah, are about like like fifty quid, and it didn't even click and yeah. I'm just. I think, I think it's because I've had the electric car now for a couple of years. I'm just a bit like, I don't miss paying for fuel. Yeah. I don't miss paying for fuel just to get my job, mm. you
0: know? Um. By the documentary, it's like sort of... A lot of people always are driving electric cars, because think they're saving the environment, and ultimately there's a this yeah. documentary is, you're really not, you know, you need to do no. something else, you know? Um. So, in the documentary, I thought it gave a lot of information, and it tries yes. to get a lot of it across very a lot of information across it lacks a real engagement when it's trying to get it across I thought you know like the one thing that Michael Moore does is he gets a lot of documentaries across and he gets across in an interesting way that makes you feel that like you're learning something yeah. this, this didn't have any sort of the pizzazz essentially to get you interested yeah. in it and it felt it felt very very dry when it was doing it, do
1: it? you know yeah so, I, I found like I found it was very much like a very like, like one of those kind of like, oh God, did not even say this? I feel something kind of ones here. I feel it was like a very kind of like veganism style yeah. documentary where it's like, this is the bad guy, I, and then it's like, you think this is the good guy, but they're actually the bad guy, I, and it's just constantly pounding that. like like I don't even know how long it's on for, like an hour and a half or something. Yeah, hour and forty. Yeah. You know, I do not really like the fact that it only really focused on america it didn't like show the whole world's like reaction like to what we're trying to do but i I don't know about you but i didn't learn anything new from this like documentary like i found that the message that it's portraying is simply there's just too many of us and we're burning through resources and there's nothing we can possibly do that's going to ever like solve our
0: problem. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think the problem was it became at first like this sort of anti-green message, sort of like trying to like prove the green message wrong and try to like change it. Then it became anti-biomass then it became anti-media it became anti-capitalism. It needed more of a focus somewhere to try and like sort of tell me what what the point of this is. And also, I think a big thing about it was it didn't ever talk to anyone really who was on the side, the, the opposing side of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Michael Moore's documentaries tend to always have somebody, it's it, it's a it's a diatribe, it's, it's not a one man's at times it can be Michael Muir's argument it can be very much you know his opinion but he usually tries to get people who are involved in the other side try to state the case sometimes just to prove them wrong but it, yes. it lacked that and also he doesn't really talk I mean the only time he talks to somebody who's involved in it is when he talks to the guy like at the, at the rally for like two minutes and you can tell the guy just want to get away from him so there's not yeah. really there's not really any sort of sitting there where you can actually sort of get into in depth of exactly what's going on and that's that was really frustrating it felt at times it honestly felt like a student documentary and that's, that's kind of what I thought but it did give me some new information. I did learn a few things out of it because I'd never, I didn't really know much about the whole green world and the bio stuff. So I did learn some no, stuff. Yeah, that, to
1: be honest, I'm, I do, I've got to admit, I didn't really know much about that either. And then once again, because it's all focused on America, um, you learn it, like a lot of the galaxy. Like, the, as the documentary puts it like the other evil guys they actually like operate a lot of the biomass like, companies yeah. so instead of like burning coal left right and centre all you're doing is re- you're replacing some of that coal with wood because you can't always burn the wood um, if it's like damp or whatever yeah. so it's like you can't realise that yeah I don't there is no the problem is there is no perfect solution no absolutely others, not just well, just this is
0: this is the problem with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So like you said, it's sort of it's not the greatest documentary. It, it makes some salient points, but I just feel like it, 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 I've seen similar things done in a, a much more interesting way, and I, I think that's a yes. big thing. I think you're, if you're going to be engaging people with this kind of stuff, you have to in some way entertain them. I know entertainment shouldn't come first when you're trying to educate, but with so much, so many options for stuff out there right now, you need to make it stand out, and it didn't really stand out for me in any way.
1: No, I think the the only thing that I think will make people watch this is they uh, simply because it was on, it's on YouTube yeah. and it was released just the other day for off day and it's free. Yeah, I free. Think, like, if you had to pay for this at all or go to the cinema to see this, I think a lot of
0: people would patch it. I absolutely. Do. I mean, I don't think many people even watch it on YouTube. But YouTube is probably the best place for it. But yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's the free yeah. to air aspect is how you're going to get people to watch this. Um, I'm trying to wrap up quickly now, um, Barry, because we're running out of battery power, so I'm just trying to get rattled through some stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's I would give this one a six out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a
1: six as well six. because I didn't I didn't learn anything really new from it and right. you know, it's there's no perfect solution unfortunately for us.
0: Fair enough. Um, next week we're gonna do a whole Netflix week. Okay, so this is all on, this is all on Netflix for so you. You don't have to go looking for this. Um, first one we do, we're gonna do a film called The Platform, which is a mm-hmm. Spanish movie, which is all about sort of the social hierarchy, which apparently very, very good and very, very dark. I think you, I think you'll dig this one a lot, actually. Um, I, so I might have seen it. So it's called. It's about food gets put on a platform, gets dropped down a, a jail cell, and it's like it gets to the very bottom level, and what was left on it—that's what you get, type thing. No, I have not seen
1: this. Okay, I'm,
0: watch. I'm thinking of something else. Now. Okay, so the platform. It's, it's a... Apparently, very, it's been great reviews. Um, also, also, got Time Trap on Netflix, which is a kind of uh, uh, I think a very science sort of time travel sort of distortion interstellar type one, which looks interesting. It looks intriguing. Um, yeah. And just to round that off, we've also got Extraction, which is a new film from uh, one of the Hemsworths. A, it looks a big, kind of dumb, silly action movie that's um, hit Netflix today. So, we'll, we'll watch that over the weekend and we'll talk about that next week. Sounds good. Uh, Tell me what to find us, Barry.
1: Uh, we are usually floating around all the usual social media haunts, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And you can find us at 3 in a Movie.
0: Great. And for this week, I've been Richard. You've been... Barry. You've been listening to...